Hi, beautiful. This is your host, Leslie Whitehead, and I am so excited to share this bold, brave, badass, creative woman with you. I hope our conversation inspires you not to let anything get in the way of your passion projects. I promise you, we need whatever is on your heart to create for this world. Hi, beautiful woman. I am here today on Her Story So Far with my friend, Autumn Geist, artist, teacher, speech coach, creative, elected official, community organizer, and mother of three incredible humans and grandma of one beautiful little girl. Hi, Autumn. Hey, Leslie. Well, that is quite an introduction. (laughs) Thank you. Well, you are quite a woman. (laughs) Thank you. Thank I you. am so grateful to have you on my first episode of my new podcast. It is such um, an incredible honor to me that you are the first one for many reasons. One being that you are such a connector. You've been such a connector for me in my life and in my business. And especially in this project I just launched, which um, you're well aware of, you're in the project, you also hosted the big launch party and um, also connected me with many, many, many wonderful, amazing, badass, bold, brave entrepreneurs. So thank you, thank you, thank you for that and for being here. Well, thank you. It is a pleasure (laughs) to be able to support you and your art you have always been such a great supporter to me and I don't and I don't say that lightly because many women will say I'm such a supporter of women I'm a fierce supporter of women but at the end of the day you know they're not really acting on it in the ways that you do like you do it so selflessly and so I'm very appreciative and I'm grateful to have been part of the project and uh, when we had the launch party like I said to you to be in a room of women who all had so much brought so much to the table so <laughs> much did. we need to put we need to put an insert in that table what's it called when you put the leaf in yeah the leaf right yeah. what, we need to put like a couple of leaves in because they brought so much to the table we need to keep growing it um just a really dynamic group of women that you have collected in this project so you should be really proud of yourself I am looking forward to the spring uh, launch of that book and um, seeing it all come to fruition. But for now, I want to spend this time talking to you about um, all of your passions and what you're bringing to the world. The whole reason that I'm doing this podcast is to spotlight all these amazing women who um, in some areas are invisible. They aren't seen. And, you know, we're not celebrities, so it is hard to be seen. And especially for us who are 50 plus. So I guess my first question is... How young are you? <laughs> I am proud to say I am 54 years young. It, you know, it's a crazy thing when you say that out loud, though, because I remember being, you know, 17, 18 years old and thinking 32, 37 was old. Right. right. Like, how will I ever be that old? And now I'm like, wait, <laughs> what just happened? Time is a thief. Um, we know we've lived every single day of right. these years, right? Right. It's like it just really goes fast. It goes way faster than I ever could have imagined, you know. It does, but and I find myself just wanting more and more, more and right. more time. I want well, more and more time. also, you've lived so many lives in this lifetime. 
Like there's some people who have a little more uh, straight trajectories in life. And um, yours has not been that. (laughs) Not at all. But it's created this wonderful, the wonderful woman that you are. So yeah, I think the experiences certainly have. I mean, when I look back on it, you know, I was a young mother. Um, and you know, I was doing professional theater when I was young and auditioning for, you know, TV film. I was, I went from that and then I was a makeup artist for Chanel. Then I somehow landed in IT for an investment bank. And I did that for a number of years and stayed in IT and project management, moved into marketing. Every opportunity I had opened the door to the next opportunity, but 100% to be 100% transparent with you, I was never qualified (laughs) for any of the opportunities I had. (laughs) So what's the lesson from that? Well, what I will tell you is my ability to be a great communicator was what managers would see over and over and over again. And those soft skills are not something that companies want to spend a whole lot of time investing in. They can teach you technology. They can teach you process procedure. But the art of being a good communicator is what secured opportunity after opportunity for me that I was not qualified for. But all those opportunities culminated into the next opportunity and the next opportunity. So I think the lesson for anyone is to learn how to speak your truth, like learn how to be a good communicator. If someone has told you you're not a great communicator, work on it. Okay. You know, so that kind of leads me to my next question, because this is um, an area that you are very passionate about, which is that you are a speech coach. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what you're doing and how you help um, women find their voice and other people as well? Yeah. When I say I'm a professional speech coach, I think people automatically go to like speech pathology. No, it's learning how to be an effective communicator, whether that's in a one-on-one communication or you're giving a presentation or you're self-advocating or whatever the situation is where you're having to verbally communicate. I coach people in the tools and they're using the tools in their toolbox because we all have them (laughs) and they just may not realize they have them or how to use them. So I coach them in how to use those tools to be more effective communicators. And, And what happens? Ability breeds confidence. And I still am nervous every time I speak. So it doesn't mean that I'm so confident. I'm still nervous every single time. And I tell people, it's okay to be nervous. You should be nervous. It means you care. Right. 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 And we should care, especially when we're communicating. You know, we can have all of this great knowledge in our heads, but if we don't know how to to share it or, you know, impart that information, it kind of just gets stuck. Right. So I work with professionals. I work with community leaders. I work with youth primarily. And it's really exciting because I've had some from a competitive perspective, some successful speech competitors through that wow. uh, state and a national award-winning speaker. So very proud of that. You should I be. know that's that fantastic. that's something you can't take away from someone, right? Right, right. Their voice, you can't take it. Right. And for you to be able to help them with that, that is such a gift. Um, I'm mm-hmm. interested in working with you Thank as you. well on that because um, I want to use my voice more and speak as well. And that's not something that comes naturally to me. And I'm also one of those people that when I get up in front of an audience, I'm much better if it's impromptu. But if I have to sort of plan what I'm saying, it makes mm-hmm. me stop and second guess everything. And I also turn mm-hmm. very red. 
which makes me Mm. more anxious about it. So I'm sure there are tips and tricks that you could um, help me with and working on that. For sure. I will tell you this, though, um, impromptu speaking is the most difficult. So if you can master the art of impromptu speaking, prepared speeches are just that much easier. Really? So I, I always tell people, don't memorize. Don't memorize your speech. Know your speech. Okay. If you know your subject matter, then you should just be able to have a conversation about that subject matter. And that becomes the speech. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. As soon as we get stuck on the words instead of the message or the information or what we know, the knowledge we have, we get stuck on the word verbatim. Exactly. And we lose one word. That's true. Our whole memory is shot, right? That's so true. And then we're frustrated and we're standing there flustered and we start to sweat and our hands are clammy and we're grabbing our, our clothes and tugging. And because you got stuck on the words instead of trusting that you knew what you were talking about. So you have to know your material. Right. Fair. Not memorize it. Fair. It's very different. Okay. Cool. Okay. Well, I'm excited that you shared that part of you with um, all these listeners. I um, also want to talk to you about um, the collective and makery that you've created in Lyle and where we hosted the 55 Women Project. So will you tell me about this passion project of yours and what you love about it? Ooh, okay. So, (laughs) okay. I'll explain why I'm laughing in a minute. Uh, So the collective is the collective lifestyle boutique and makery. It's a lifestyle boutique, right? So that means, what does it mean? It means that we have a little bit of everything. We have products that touch various aspects of your life. So whether that's candles, tabletop, artisan foods, uh, jewelry, baby gifts, apparel, whatever that case may be. Uh, right. And 85% of the goods in the store are woman-owned brands, products I that know, give back to good I causes love. or small maker made. Yeah. So everything is very intentionally curated uh, to give you an inspired shopping experience because I believe you should shop inspired. And so get off that A to the N word right. and oh, stop. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so that, that was the, the concept. And then the, the other part, it's a two, it's a twofold business model. So shop inspired and creating community. And so in our makery, so a makery you make, a bakery you bake. Uh, in our makery, we offer all types of experiences for people from canvas painting to uh, candle pouring, beautiful wreaths, porch cleaners, gorgeous trays. Right. You know, literally, we do everything except macrame. Right. <laughs> and then we also hold space for um, different types of vendors to come in and offer pop-ups. So we have permanent jewelry. We have a lip gloss bar. Uh, I do pop-ups with small brands. They can come in on a Saturday and and have a six foot table. It helps them to expand their reach. You know, the saying lighting someone else's candle doesn't dim yours. Right. Yes. I believe in, in giving, sharing my space in those ways. So the, my whole purpose is to shop inspired and creating community. And I think that we do that between the collective, which is the retail and the makery, which is the creative workspace. Right. Right. And we had that experience the other night when um, you hosted the party because we made candles with you. Will you describe that a little bit? Because I know that's a passion project of yours as well. Well, it is. So I've been sort of, you know, testing the process out with these different workshops because we um, candles are the number one seller in the store. Right. So I'm recognizing that by I love selling everyone else's candles, right, of course. <laughs> but I also 
love the idea of my own line. And I have a candle club right now called Soit la Lumière, which means to be the light in French. And so the goal is to release a candle line, you know, of that name. And I don't want to talk too much about that because it's really special. But when the guests came uh, to your event, they got to, you know, talk about what, what do they feel about sense and what sense, you know, really triggered like an emotion of comfort and home because we were focused on fall sense. Right. So we weren't, there were, we weren't working with florals or clean or, or masculine or anything. It was all fall sort of um, war- warm, earthy sense. And so they went through that process and they did their blend and then they did, they poured their candle and while they visited, they the candles cooled. But something I forgot to share with you when I was telling you about the, the shop, yeah. which I think is really important, is where did the concept come from? Yes. It was based on my experience of reading the book, The Red Tent. Oh, I read that. What was so beautiful about The Red Tent is that no matter what was going on outside of the tent, whatever strife, jealousy, whatever, right? right. When they went into the tent women took care of each other. So whether they were having their cycle or had a baby or they were ill, the other women came in and they fed you and they, they washed your hair and your feet and they just loved you up. Right. I wanted to create as much of that as I could in these walls. I want people to come in and feel like loved up, not here, buy my stuff. Right, right, right. Here's all my shit. Do you want to buy it? (laughs) Can I say shit on your podcast? Of course. Yes, please. Feel free. So not that myself shit, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, like, it's not. I, I feel like, you know, this is not timeshare condominium sales. So sometimes <laughs> people come in and they come in and they go, I'm just looking. I'm like, whoa, settle down, Sally. <laughs> I'm just saying hi. It's okay. <laughs> and I do tell them, I mean, I'm a very cheeky person. So like, yes, not like this I love that. About you know, you. But, but I say to them, well, this isn't Target. <laughs> And I'm supposed to help you. And so if you don't want anyone to talk to you, you could go to Target and you could walk up and down aisles all day, probably from open to close and nobody (laughs) will say boo to you. But in here, we're consultative. Right. We are here to serve you. So we're going to talk to you and we may say, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be afraid. (laughs) Don't be afraid. (laughs) I say it in a loving way. I mean, it's cheeky. I am cheeky, but I still say it in a way that it lets them know, look, this is different. And I want you to know it's different. And I'm not, I'm unapologetic about that. Of course. This isn't a big box store, you know? And so when you come here, no, you're not going to just be left to your own to fend for yourself. A lot of products in the store have, have stories. Right. Yes, There's a a purpose. So if I don't engage with you, how will you ever know? Right, exactly. And then how will you ever know how special that is, right? right. So, yeah. So we actually talked to you here, like a rule. <laughs> and it's called the collective for a reason. It's a collective. You feel it. You also, do, are you still doing, um, I know that you also rent your space out for certain events. Is that still available to people or? We do. Um, and I have, I've had people... It's really interesting. I had, um, I've had like the U.S. Tennis Association rent my space. I had some guys come in from Silicon Valley who rented the makery for four days. Wow. Four days. Oh my right? goodness! Their luggage was worth more than my house. I don't know who they were, <laughs> but I know they were important people. So know that if you rent this space, Autumn's going to keep it on the DL. <laughs> I, I didn't. T- I didn't say where they were from. No, I know. I said I will that. Tell you, 
Yeah. <laughs> but throughout the day, like, so they filled three six foot tables wow. with sticky notes, okay. just so you know. But they would cover it at night. And trust me, I was tempted. <laughs> I was tempted, but I'm such a good girl. You I, like I didn't I didn't peek. I'm proud I didn't of peek. you. But they were lovely. But the point is, is we get a really interesting mix of people who use the space down to someone who, you know, like like we have the pop-up, you know, jewelry. We've got someone who comes here and does uses the peony lounge to do, you know, brow tents and stuff. So the space is always in use in some creative, interesting way. Right. And yeah, so people are always welcome to contact me about how that how they can do that. But I I love that they chose to use this space. And when I asked them why, because they could have been in any boardroom in any corporate building, sure. right? For those four days, they specifically chose this space because they liked that it was different, and the makery is a creative vibe because it's a creative space. And we all know, I know right. this. They didn't tell me this. I know this that creativity sparks innovation. Definitely. I just wish I knew what they were innovating. <laughs> maybe Ooh. I could have been in on this. Like, you know, maybe this is some big product release coming out that we didn't even right. know about, you know? Maybe it was AI. Ooh, anyway, be. yeah. <laughs> Thanks for asking about that, though. Yeah, I love sharing the space. I know. That's fantastic. Let's talk a little bit about being in our 50s and being entrepreneurs and the lessons around that maybe we could share with the women who are coming up. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, I would say do it sooner. <laughs> Wait, how old were you when you started? <laughs> well, six. it's been six years. I opened the store six okay. years ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've been a semi-entrepreneur on and off for years. Of course. But I, what I, my point is, I had this dream a long time ago that I wanted to create a space where women could shop inspired and create in community. Right. And I, I just wish I had done it sooner because I think I had more energy before menopause. <laughs> <laughs> menopause could be a whole episode in its own. <laughs> 100%. Right. We'll do that another but day. I just, another day. But, you know, just I, I'm tired. I'm more tired than ever. You know, I would have just liked to have been doing this when I was a little bit younger. Right. And But also at the same time. Do I? I don't know, because I wouldn't have had all the experiences that led me to know how to create the experiences that I create for people here. Right. 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 People are always like, oh, how'd you think of that? Or, well, because I've been around the block a couple thousand times. Right. Right. And that gives you those experiences build upon your ability to make the choices you make. Right. So if I hadn't lived all of these 9,000 lives. Right. Would I have as effective? I don't know. Right. Right. So, That's but a yeah, good point. I still think you could start sooner. And I think some of the, the biggest lessons that I would say to younger women is build a tribe. I think our generation was much better at that. Do you? You know, really leaning into each other. So, you know, but also we've had some experiences that sort of forced us to have to learn how to do that. And maybe this younger generation hasn't. Right. Had some of those experiences. I don't know. Maybe because I was a young mom, I learned to lean into women a little a little earlier. But right. find your tribe and don't just find them. Nurture those relationships because those are going to be the people who, you know, really push you through because entrepreneurship is not for the shrinking violets. No, it, it is, is not. not. It is certainly not. 
And I know people say that and people probably listen to that and go, no, religion. When someone comes in here and goes, oh, this is so cute. I've always wanted to own a store. I'm like, well, have you ever wanted a store to own you? Because that's what, (laughs) that's what. I know. I think it's interesting because I think no matter where you are as an entrepreneur, whether you're, you know, um, like it makes me think of Emily and Friends, the card company and how she, you know, built this whole giant card company. And, you know, from a distance, it looked like she was on top of the world. And now she's telling everyone that it was a fucking nightmare. And Yes, of course. I mean, she enjoyed parts of it, but her health suffered and that she had no balance in her life and all of those things. So I think having that tribe, like you said, helps us maintain balance because at least we have other people to lean on and talk to about, hey, this is heavy. Can you help me carry this weight of this thing that I'm dealing with right now? I think it's 100% that. And I think it's also, I went to a leadership conference a couple of months ago And my biggest takeaway from the two days was transparency. I think too often we are so embarrassed or, you know, we feel shameful if we're struggling. We don't want to come across weak because we all want to be badass boss bitches and we want to be able to do it all and we can do it all and we don't need anybody. Right. (laughs) You know, we, 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 (laughs) but we do, you know, and I think, when you can surrender and go, you know what? Yeah, I don't, I don't have all my shit together and I'm dropping balls, like lots of balls. Maybe I'm not even holding balls because I can't pick them up because I've got so many balls. I don't know. But when we can be transparent and feel safe to be vulnerable, you can do that when you build a tribe, right? Right. Um, it releases so much, I think, because it's not easy. You know, you're, your marketing, your sales, your 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 you're the buyer, you're the visual merchandiser, you're the accounting, your payroll, your HR, your social media management, your website management. You know what I'm saying? Like right. it's no joke. Right. It isn't. But if you can't admit that, this is hard. I see people all the time like like it seems like you said, it seems like everybody has it all together. I mean, even looking at all my pretty pictures every day, I'm sure people think, oh, everything's going great. It's not going great. It's not going great. <laughs> Every day is a fight. Right. But what the difference is now is I stopped crying about it. <laughs> and I, I stopped crying about it because I could just picture my grandmother when when I would come to her crying about something. And my grandmother is a huge influencer in this space and the energy here. And yes, she, she, is. she would say, don't you shed one more tear over that. And I'd be like, okay, you're right. Right. But, but <laughs> again, here in my, the, my ear telling me, stop crying soon as I stopped crying and just like surrendered into, yeah, it's hard. And it's okay to tell people it's hard. And it's okay to tell people that you're afraid. And it's okay to tell people like, you're, yeah, yeah, I'm struggling. And when they say, well, how can I help? And answer, don't say, right. oh, no, it's fine. I'll figure it out. No, you're not going to figure it out. You need your tribe. Lean in. You know, so. I agree. I think that's it. You know, having a tribe, leaning into it, being vulnerable, you know, being transparent. People don't know what they don't know. Right. The other question I had was, um, you know, as a black woman, a black female entrepreneur, how has that been for you, especially in the last few years with COVID and Black Lives Matter? And frankly, being in a predominantly, I think, white area, right? Aren't, isn't Lyle? I, 
I mean, I would say that it is predominantly, you know, I haven't really struggled with that so much. What I have struggled with is, you know, historically black owned businesses do fail at a higher rate than white owned businesses and because access to funding. Right. So I think that's been my biggest challenge. Did you get funds from? Oh, girl, I didn't get, I haven't got a dime, not a dime. And I look at all the people who, I don't begrudge them that they were able to secure funds. God bless. But if you secured funds and you didn't use it to just keep your, sustain your business and you opened second and third businesses, you should feel right. a little, like a little, like, <laughs> well, well, you know, a little right? shame. <laughs> oh, you know, I mean. Well, then that but, yeah. is huge that you've been able to like manage all this without additional funding going through COVID because I know that was not easy. Well, I funded myself. So I guess that would be another lesson I would teach any any entrepreneur is do not self-fund your startup. Right. You know what I mean? Like crowd crowd gather, crowdfund, whatever. Look and research for grants for startups, start woman-owned business startups. Use other people's money. I remember one time I uh, you know, my daughters and I would love to go from, you know, manicures and pedicures together and I'd been taking Keely for years, right? Right. And one day she's like, Hey, you want to go get a manicure pedicure? So we go and it comes time to check out. They were both standing there and she's looking at me and I'm looking at her and she, she's like, why aren't you going to pay? And I'm like, you invited me. You asked me if I wanted to go. Aren't you paying? You have money. And you know what she told me? That's how rich people get rich. They use other people's money. I, was like, I love Keely. <laughs> Girl. Lesson learned. Mic drop. <laughs> so don't use your own money to self-fund. Don't for your startup. Seek grants. They're out there. Make sure you're connecting with organizations that will mentor you. There's a great one here in DuPage called Innovations um, of DuPage. I was not a, a member of it, but I know some startup uh, folks who have really had some great successes with them. So learn what your resources are. When we launched this business, it was two friends going, hey, I have an idea. You have an idea. I have an idea. Oh my God. Our ideas are similar. Let's do this. That was our business plan. You got $10,000. I got (laughs) $10,000. And it's not, I mean, it's funny to look back. Fly by the seat of your pants. Yeah. You need a business plan. And and not only do you need a business plan, if you are going to go into business with someone, I don't care if you love them upside down, sideways to the moon and back again. You have to have a system in place for how you're going to manage when um, things don't work. So when you have a difference of opinion, when there's a conflict, that's you can't die on the sword for everything. Right. Right. Right? It's like a relationship, like a marriage. True. Yes. It's very much like a a 100 percent like a marriage. And I encourage seeking a business coach to help you work through some of those growing pains that are going to happen. It's inevitable. It's human nature. Right. So I would say that that's really important because that's something that I, you know, we had leaned into in our situation. Things still uh, went in a different direction, but that's another thing. So have a plan in place. What happens if one person wants to go? What's the liability on the person who stays? Right. Right. I've shared with you. That was the biggest mistake I made was taking ownership of all of the debt at the brink of a pandemic and then not getting any funding. So it's been a, it's been a battle, but have a system in place, have an agreement in place, have everything well documented with an attorney so that it doesn't even have to get personal. It's like, Hey, this is what we agreed to. 
Right, exactly. It's right here in writing. And partnerships are hard. I know very few partnerships that have worked, business partnerships. I mean, I had one when I started. It did not last a year. It was the same thing. It was like, oh, I'm a photographer. You're a photographer. Let's be photographers together. This is a great idea. We didn't write down a thing. It was so, just did not end well. I do think partnerships can work in business, but I think you have to both be sort of, so for me, I knew that starting up a business was going to require late nights, long weeks, like, right. Just long days, late nights. Right. Yes, of course. I was going to have to dig deep. I would be away from my family for large periods of time. My family would suffer. My really, my right. friendships would suffer. Like I accepted that that was part of a startup. And sure. not everybody is wired for those sacrifices. It doesn't make you a good or a bad person. It's just, it's not for everyone. And you really have to be no. honest with yourself. How much are you willing to give? Like when, when people say, oh, I, I would love to own a store. No, the store owns you. Right. <laughs> you think that you, it, with the entrepreneurship, that it means that you have freedom. You know, when you work for corporate, you're, you're, you're tied to their rules and their hours and you're limited, your, your um, income is limited to what salary they offer you. Right. Right. And so you think as an entrepreneur, well, I could do better. I can do more. You're going to work harder. And yes, you can have great success and you could make more than you did as a salaried employee. And you could believe that you have control of your own hours and time. But, um, and, and I, I'm trying to feel bad. I don't want it to make it sound like it's like all bad. It's beautiful too. There are relationships right, that have been cured from this experience that I never would have had if I had not done this, but it is hard. I'm not right, going to like lie. ours. That's how I met you. I walked in the store. Yeah. Right. See? Lucky See me. See what the store did? <laughs> See what the store did? <laughs> I think so. You know, be prepared to sacrifice. You know, don't spend your money. Be prepared to sacrifice. Have things well documented. Have agreements well documented. Have a backward pass plan. I'm a project manager by nature. So what is the plan if things don't work out? How do you how do you back out of it? Like have a whole system in place. And then give it 100% and be willing to listen and ask questions. You know, if things aren't working at your business, have an honest conversation. Is it your website? Is it your employees? How are they talking to people? How are they How are they addressing people? I listen to how my employees talk to people all the time, you know, and their messaging needs to be the same. It can be in their right. own voice, but the message is the same. It is consistent. Who we are, what we are, how we want people to feel when they shop here, that's consistent. And I think as a result of that, you know, we have very few returns. We have very few issues in the store. And, you know, I'm cheeky. So <laughs> right. I love that. <laughs> if people come in the store crazy. Mm -mm. I know. Well, they're looking for you. I mean, it's 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 almost like a double-edged sword um, entrepreneurship when you own a store like or a boutique like yours because you are the store. So when people come in, they'll specifically ask for you. Is Autumn here? Is Autumn here? Is Autumn here? And It's not inaccurate. And I would say that's probably another tip. Maybe you have to really decide what is the face of your brand and does it have to have a face? You know, because you're right. Then people get very bonded to the face of the brand. Right. So that if that face isn't there... Oh, okay, I'll come back later, <laughs> you know? So be really, you have to be right, really careful. That. Right. I think, uh, you know, Michelle at 16 Suitcases has done a really great job at that. Like she's got this beautiful brand, well-curated goods, a really strong following, but she's not the face. No, she's not. You're right. Right. Whereas I am the face. So that does, that does present some different challenges for me. But 
I think that's also part of the charm of the store. I had met I with an angel investor, I don't know, probably two years ago and his, him and his wife. And the wife said to me when I was like, I just don't understand why the online sales aren't like, you know, matching what's happening. You know, if everybody wants to shop online, why right. aren't they clicking? And she said, well, you're not on the website. Right. So the experience people have when they come to the store is with you. Exactly. They want that time with you. They want to talk to you. They want to connect with you. And that is all part of the experience. It's not transactional here. It's very relational. If you right. go to Target, no, I'm not dissing Target. I love Target. I can't leave I know, Target without spending $100. <laughs> I wish people would come here and say, I can't leave without spending $100. But anyway, so I go to Target and I, I go and I buy the detergent and I go to the checkout and I, I, and I pay for it and I go home. That's transactional, right? Right. Here, we're relational. I know their children's names. I know where they vacation. I know if their mother's ill. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know them. It's it's a very relational experience here. So you're not just, I'm not just saying, here, buy all my stuff. Here, buy my stuff. You know, a lot of times I tell people, you don't need that. <laughs> you don't need that. <laughs> They'll try to buy like multiple of something in different colors or something. Like, no, nah, you don't need it. You don't need all that. I do need it. No, you don't. Like, aren't you Aren't you supposed to be selling me things? I'm like, yeah, but I'm also authentic. Right. And I don't want you to get home and have buyer's remorse. Exactly. I also don't want husbands cutting you off from coming here. Right. So I have to be like really mindful of that too. Like I want you to be able to come back. <laughs> okay. I have to ask this question um, because it was in the group of questions I asked for my project. And I thought that it brought out the most interesting answers from everyone. So what is something that people would be surprised to know about you? I have a irrational fear of bridges. Uh, okay. Tell me about that. <laughs> I have an irrational fear of bridges. And what's interesting about that is I've had that fear for as long as I can remember. And my husband used to like, when he was alive, used to make fun of me about it. Like, he's like, you're so ridiculous. It's so irrational. Bridges are strong. They're not going anywhere. And then remember when that bridge collapsed in, collapsed in Minnesota? Right. Yes. See? <laughs> <laughs> it does. It does happen. It happened in Florida. It, yes, it does happen. But be, be, being such a brave, bold person, I think people would find it like interesting that like I would be afraid of something so not silly, but you know, Unlikely. So what do you do? Do you avoid them? Do you I, go over exactly. them, close your eyes? How do you handle that? Well, it would be bad if I closed my eyes driving over it. Well, no, not if you were driving, but if you were in the car. <laughs> <laughs> that sunshine bridge, I'll tell you, that sunshine bridge in Florida, like, you know what? You are like, you. if anybody ever expected me to drive a car over that bridge, they're dead to me. Like, <laughs> never. You will never, like, put me in a boat. I would rather go by boat from one <laughs> side to the other than cross that bridge. In a but car. you know, now, that's the I, one that was hit originally. Oh, okay. Great. So this is what happened when I was, I think either in high school that. or in college, um, we had a, a barge or big boat that hit the pilings on the bridge that was the original bridge. And it collapsed, but there was also fog, which is why that happened in the first place. And so unfortunately, buses and cars went over before they realized that there was a hole in the bridge. 
And so, yeah, we lost quite a few people and, you know, finally they realized it, obviously. But uh, so that second bridge that they built towers over the first one. The first one only has like the beginnings of it sort of showing and people fish off of it. But you're right. That big tall one, my mom won't go over it either. Yeah. The thing that I don't love about it is that it doesn't have high guardrails on the outside. I don't understand that. Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> See, my eyes are closed, so I didn't notice that before. But I really appreciate you bringing that to my attention. I Shoot, I'm sorry. I lived another day without knowing that. <laughs> I'm doing the complete opposite of what I was hoping. <laughs> well, I, I have an irrational fear of elevators. And I have been um, addressing it for for a while. I avoided it. I would just go up the stairs and just completely avoid it. But yesterday I had to have a just a um, I went to CDH just for an appointment and it was on the fourth floor. And I thought, oh, my God, I was kind of running late. So I'm like, I don't have time to find the stairs or to wait for someone else to be in this elevator for me with me. So I just hope it doesn't stop. And I don't have a panic attack and die because I feel like if it stopped, I wouldn't know what to do, even though rationally I would, but I just feel like I would be in the fetal position. So uh, I hit Mm -hmm. the button and it closed and opened on the fourth floor. So I somehow made it, but I understand that feeling. I really do. Yeah. Even those little bridges, like on 55, when you're heading south, right? it's like a little tiny bridge, so little. And you don't or know where you don't know where it came from. Did you watch some TV show? No, but you know what? Something? We read a book here in the shop because we do something called Meeting of the Minds, where we'll like read a you know read a book or watch a documentary and talk about it. And we read a book called Inherited Trauma. Okay. And so, did you know trauma can be embedded in your DNA? So, like, if you have like irrational, like strong Fear's feelings elevator. about something, <laughs> yeah. So it could be something. That was, you know, you know, inherit that through your DNA. Something may have happened. Like, I I, and I believe that. I do too. You know, because um, it makes sense. It does make sense. It does make sense. So, if it's embedded, is there anything that you can do to overcome it? Well, I probably could get therapy. No, and maybe (laughs) did the did the book (laughs) make any recommendations? No, Mm, I don't remember it doing that. No, I think it just kind of honored like that you know, trauma is embedded in generations, you know, so just, you know, when people say, well, you didn't experience it, like you're, you know, that was generations ago. Yeah, but it's embedded in my DNA. Right, right. I don't have to have experienced it firsthand. It's part of me. It's part of your soul. Right. You know, so yeah, no, it didn't have a solution. But I mean, I've had other, you know, fears too. And there's some great podcasts you can listen to to try to temper it. But I think the best thing is just not to drive it. And, just and let see, driving, close my eyes. I, I mean, that's my solution, Leslie. I don't know why I need a different solution. You don't like no, that solution? No, I think that's your problem with my solution. I have Are you no, judging me? <laughs> I have no problem with your solution. Right I can't avoid <laughs> elevators, unfortunately, as much as I would like to. Um, so I just keep facing them and dealing with it. Well, isn't that the whole point of being brave? Is doing it even though you're scared. Yeah. So you were scared to get in the elevator, but you got in anyway, which made you brave. Right. I am scared as hell to get on those bridges, but I get on anyway. I just don't drive it, but I get on it. Right. Right. I like sometimes I think, just, just stop the car, just stop the car. I'll just get out and walk. No, I won't. That'd be worse. Way worse. I know. Way but worse. this is it kind of interesting um, talking once again about our 50s. I found a lot of women um, who develop 
irrational fears later in life. Um, I met one woman who um, couldn't drive on the all of a sudden couldn't drive on the interstate just could not drive on the interstate at all and now um and she's you know worked towards getting back on it and and um or not being able to fly my mom who worked for pan am at one point um just stopped flying she just had an irrational fear of flying and for the rest of her life she hasn't flown so Mm. i i think there i do think there's something about age and fears but i'm not sure if it's tied to having children and being worried that you weren't going to be there for them or what it is do you have any thoughts about that wow you know what i think that could be some of it we start as we get older you know we start to recognize our own mortality right so we're starting to see our friends pass we're seeing our parents pass and we start to realize, oh, wait, I'm not invincible. Like we believe when we're children, like they have no fear. They don't right. fear. Right. Right. They don't have fear of the end or that like, and but like the deeper into our life we go, we realize how fast time moves and we realize how tragedies happen and, you know, just unexpected incidents happen that take people's lives. And we begin to realize like that could happen to me. Right. And right. so then I think that 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 could be the root of some of the irrational fears that happen. Hmm. You know, maybe they're not so irrational. Maybe it's just like being like aware, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> maybe the other people just aren't aware yet. They're I think you're aware. right. I think you're right. I think that's it. Yeah. Which is crazy. Well, Autumn, I don't want to take up so much of your time, but I am so grateful that you have been here today. It has meant so much to me that you were my first guest. And I'm um, so glad. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> I know, me too. Did we did we get all your questions answered? I think so. I didn't I didn't Good. list questions. The only one I listed Good. was the one about um what is something that people are supposed to know about you. But okay. let me ask you this. Is there anything else that you want wanted to talk about? Um, I think one thing just as a as an entrepreneur, as a woman, I just wanna impress upon other women and just people, you know, um, the importance of giving the small guys a shot at their business, especially this holiday season, you know, yes. um, Amazon will still be here tomorrow. Right. You know, Hobby Lobby will still be here tomorrow. Right. So what's the best way for everyone to support you? Because I want to see you thriving yeah. through this season. Thank what you. Are the best yeah. Ways? Well, I mean, events are really helpful. We, you know, we love to create um, events that, that could be with you and, you know, you and friends, you and family. Uh, we do some great team bonding exercises. So maybe your work team, you know, goes to lunch for the holiday. You know, how about come and create here and have lunch? You know, there's some, those, I would say that that's one really great way. And then of course, shopping with us, we love doing, um, we love doing corporate gifts. We love putting gift sets together. We can help with any of that. We're very good at curating creative ideas for that. Uh, we are at where the collective is located at 4724 main street in the heart of downtown Lyle, Yes, uh, five minutes from either expressway, um, a two block walk from the train. So very easily accessible, free parking. Uh, our website is www.thecollectivelhe.com. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Um, the shop is the collective lifestyle shop and the makery is the makery TC. So those, you know, come follow us, you know, that helps us 
fight the Facebook, Instagram algorithms <laughs> is having. Don't just follow us. Engage. That's right. so important. Not just with us, other businesses. I'll, I'll leave you on that note. You know, social media is intended to be social. Right. <laughs> it's not supposed to be <laughs> passive scrolling. You know, it's intended to be social. You're supposed to engage. That means you're supposed to like and comment, you know, on posts and engage with them because that's the point of being social. Right. So I would say, yeah, don't just follow us. Get in there. Ask questions. If you like something, say you like it. If you really love something, share it. Right. right. That right. costs nothing. There are so many wonderful ways, not just for us, any small business. Those are the ways you can support a small business without spending a dime. Not everybody has, you know, disposable income. Okay. But you're on social media. Right. Like our posts, comment, share it. That way, maybe the people who do have disposable income will see it. Right. Help a girl out, right? <laughs> and one thing I want to, last thing I want to add is that, um, you know, you are a beautiful writer. I hope someday to read any book you write. I can see that in your future. I really can. Um, but I actually love your newsletters because I feel like they become very personal and they're interesting and inspiring. And so how do we sign up for your newsletter? Yeah, you can just go on to our website, www the collective lhe.com and i think if you scroll to the bottom there's a button to subscribe to the newsletters okay good 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 that's fantastic autumn thank you so much i'm so grateful you are such a beautiful human (laughs) you are a beautiful human you're a seed planter you know i don't know if you recognize that so you planting seeds that you don't you'll i don't know if you'll ever really understand the value of the fruition that comes from it because i don't know if you cuz you're you know you're moving right but you know just know that just know that you make a difference every day and you know if women really want to empower other other women and really you know live that truth they should follow your example oh and That's you know what right back at you right back at you thank my you wonderful friend thank you. Well, good luck with this new venture. Thank you so much. It's going to be great. I see, I see in my future you being on here again. <laughs> I'll be back. I love you. I would love it. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you found this episode inspiring as well as entertaining. If you want more out-of-the-box wisdom from boots-on-the-ground creative brave women like this one, subscribe to Her Story So Far podcast wherever you listen, and please share this link with anyone who needs some inspiration. To receive more wisdom in your inbox, sign up for my weekly letter at lesliewhiteheadphotography.com. Her Story So Far podcast is produced in conjunction with mad-talented executive producer, K.O. Myers at Particulate Media. Thank you to all my beautiful, bold guests. Without them, there would be no show. Until next time, get out there and make yourself visible to the world. We need you and your creation. If no one has told you today, you are beautiful. Beautiful.